0: Welcome to the Cave Trills Podcast. My name is Terry Smith. As you know, we have been on hiatus for several weeks and we try to jump back in with all this OGL news. And wouldn't you know it, we recorded earlier last week and then well shit hit the fan even more than what was already happening um everybody was announcing games left and right D D was responding it was ending up in the news like i'm philip defranco and legal eagle people were talking about this all over the place so tons of different things popped up right after we recorded so What you're about to hear, well, it's not caught up. We are a little bit behind, so I don't want you to be too disappointed. We are going to do another episode just in a few days. You're going to hear it right away, and we are all caught up on the news, and we can discuss it as you know it now. But uh, time travel with us a little bit to the past, and hear us uh, create some conjecture on what's about to happen. Uh, Thanks for your patience, and uh, enjoy. We're
1: slovenly, slovenly, we're we're feelingy, we're really really kind of dumb. dumb. We're Terry, Shaw, and Lisa, all, all here, here to have, have some fun.
0: So guard your holes, holes let's make some rolls and talk holes. some D D with the cave trolls. I, normally I wouldn't hit the record button until we've said all of our salutations and, and whatnots, but I got yelled at last time, so we're recording, damn it.
1: Who would ever do that to you? Who would yell at you, Terry? I,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Definitely not a professional
1: totally not no it's just not a professional thing to do at all it sounds like they really need to like gain control of their emotions
0: <laughs> i don't know if i feel comfortable commenting on anyone's emotions <laughs> uh, you
1: comment on my emotions it's fine i'm a cancer
0: uh i don't like any of the things that you're saying right now um also i don't know if i can comment about being an adult because i'm literally playing with a yo-yo right now so
1: that sounds super rad actually <laughs>
0: I have learned so many yo-yo tricks over the break.
1: Hell yeah.
0: I'm, I'm very good at it. I, I, it's so impressive. You should, you should uh, come see me yo-yo sometime.
1: You're going to be king of the playground.
0: Aren't we so cool? we <laughs>
1: so cool. Just get some like sunglasses and you're in,
0: you know. <laughs> it was uh, like it got brought up the other night. I was at like a family dinner at my wife's family, um, like dinner thing, and uh, they were talking about somebody being just like a big kid, and like I assume whenever they mention that, it's like one of the in-laws, like me or uh, my buddy Jordan, because we're all married into the family, right? And, uh, of course they were, but they were talking about us, but like my whole job, like I, I, just get to talk to my friends about Dungeons and Dragons and I, uh, I get to write comic books that pay me money. And then they're like, in his hobbies, he's like building, they were trying to explain Gunpla or like, you know, like Mecca building. Cause like, that's one of the things I do uh, is I build like model kits yeah. and they were yeah. just like trying to explain me to somebody else who was, <laughs> there was a cousin that was visiting who doesn't normally come to these dinners. And they were just trying to explain how I'm the coolest I think I could be. And to everybody else, it's just fascinating. So I I found out that I'm like a talking point. For the family which was pretty interesting yeah i don't know if it's a positive talking point necessarily for me it is (laughs) like i don't know if this person was impressed or not they're like yeah and he just picked up yo-yoing and the cool thing is that my (laughs) wife is like over there like swooning she was like yeah i told him to buy the yo-yos it's so cool (laughs) uh but i am some sort of prop at christmas time apparently.
1: I also think I'm a prop at Christmas time, for, but not. You're probably.
0: the same shit, though. Like it's the same thing, right? Like Shardy's over there; she's just writing about uh, goddesses. They're like, oh, like, and they they pause probably because they're not Christian goddesses, I assume. <laughs> uh, since that's a you know <laughs> a monotheistic that's, that's uh, thing, yeah, yeah. My family
1: definitely is not Catholic, and <laughs> all the saints or
0: whatever the fuck. <laughs> Saints are just demigods. Prove me wrong. Like, uh, you got, like, they attribute miracles to them after they die. Mm-hmm. That's how you become a saint, at least in Catholicism. So tell me how that's different than, like, how we classify, like, Lolf. Like, I don't know. Like, as,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse you. Lolf is a greater goddess, not a demigod. How dare you? Sure, sure.
0: Exactly. But we have to scale it down for Christianity. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah, we got
1: it nobody can match Lolth and power in christianity there is no christian exactly exactly so like
0: we got to scale it down like they can control snakes and shit or they make paintings bleed or whatever the fuck that saints do so
1: <laughs> yeah totally right.
0: mm. uh Lisa, what about you are you a prophet at christmas time
2: am i a prophet at christmas
0: time well I, I do want to know that now no are you a prop at christmas time like do your relatives <laughs> find you interesting
2: uh, not really. I, I consider myself to be unemployed, so um, they always keep asking you, "Are you dating anyone?" The answer is no. <laughs> Are you? Have you found a job? The answer is no. And then they're like, "Oh, so you still have that that podcast thing you're doing?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah, and, yeah and you're still that, playing that. Great. You're still playing that game that you were talking about. I'm like, "Yeah." And then they're wow. like, oh, "Okay."
0: oh my god uh yeah that's that's too real that definitely is difficult i for a long time i had to explain that the way that my comic books work is like i don't get paid to make them in fact i have to pay to make them and then hope that somebody wants to then give me money to make them and sell to people which i also have to hope that they buy and uh that is not something that most people comprehend you know most people work nine to fives most people go to work they get paid they come home when you get into the arts it's a lot of pay to play a lot of people don't really like realize that a lot of the times so there's like I don't understand why would you do that, and I'm like I don't know why do you fucking <laughs> go sit at McDonald's I, all day like I I, just I don't can't. know
1: why why did you join Herbalife Karen? Oh like, my,
0: <laughs> there's at least there's at least three Herbalife people in the extended Always. version of the family, and they're all very nice. They're nice people, you know. Yeah, they've watched my nice. kids. The thing I is, don't is the 100 percent. <laughs> and what I want to do is talk them out of selling it themselves. And I'm yeah, like, if you think same. what I'm doing is silly, honey like mirror, lately? exactly like i just don't <laughs> i don't i don't know what to do but uh but i do i am relegated often to that same thing they're like well like everyone's living their dreams they're selling herbal life you're making the what? the funnies and the paper um, it's all good.
1: We're <laughs> we to to the 1920s.
0: Yeah, you know, to them, it's like what I do is I make Garfield. That's uh, that's about oh, on the God. same page.
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. the same thing, or like Garfield, Spider Man, same picture. So
0: recently so I was talking to a letterer um and they had done some work for DC Comics and that I was trying to essentially get them to sign on to my next project. And I was explaining how excited I was at dinner. And they were like, Oh, so this is the artist, like they drew Batman I was like, No no no, I have a different artist that does thing and they're like, So what does the letterer do? And I was like, Well, they they letter it. They put the letters on the page and they're like, Someone gets paid to do that? And I'm like looking at this chicken scratch that they have and I'm like, Yes, someone gets paid to do that it's it's a very difficult thing to do um but yeah you can't you can't explain if you're not a part of it or if you don't read the thing like it's i i don't know how to approach this yeah
1: yeah Uh, explaining why certain jobs in like fields that people are not familiar with like why that's a thing and it's necessary especially i feel like you always have to over justify it right It's just like, no, this is a job that, you know, needs to exist because, you know, ABC and they just like they're not even listening. They glaze over. They if they don't read comic books, they just like pick it up, put it down. They think everything's produced by AI. I don't
0: know. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that is part of it. Like like I think it was worse uh, to a certain extent when we were editors, because at least with this, I'm like, well, part of what I do is like I lead the team and I write the thing and they can understand that. But when it came like back when I was editing, I'm sure you did the same thing, they were like, well, don't people proofread their own stuff? And you're like, well, it's more than just proofreading. But you can't, if you don't understand writing and what goes into an article or whatever you're editing, like, you can't justify that job almost. Like, you can't oh, make layman's just, explain.
1: Oh, I will. I'll be like, you want to give me anything that you've ever written in the past five years, and I'll give it back to you with notes right i will show you why
2: people get paid to do this but they that's, won't that's but they won't true. do it no, 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 is my no, 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 point no. right no no, no 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 that's incorrect shardy will rip it apart 100 that's what she does she doesn't <laughs> just give it to you back listen to you. No. you
1: go you, <laughs> you that's go what a good editor does a writing school and you rip shit apart like i i can't turn it off
0: for me, it was always a lot easier when it was journalistic stuff, like you know, like okay, what you put here is not a fact, take it out, you know, like that was a lot easier to to do. But when it came to people's like uh, narrative, like any sort of fiction, then some of it's a little bit subjective. Then it is a little bit easier. I'm like, why well, I'm proofreading, I am explaining how to like form like a good paragraph. The amount of people that don't understand how to write a paragraph is fascinating. Like let's just put oh some God, indents don't. in here. Like like honestly, oh. start randomly when you like you do the thing that you do to like uh, kindergartners where it's like once you hit like the thumb length, hit the paragraph button, and then. Well,
1: I, <laughs> I used to be a a writing consultant in my undergrad, and the amount of ridiculously smart people like engineers, people who are majoring in math, business, we got everybody who came into the writing center for help with their papers. And I swear to God, like, they always came in complaining. Like, why do we have to take this introductory writing course? Why do we have to take a semester of English? Why do I have to take a communications elective? And I just looked at them, looked at their paper, and said, can you show me where the thesis is? <laughs> and then they shut up. Just
0: tell no me word. what your paper's about. I honestly, don't even what tell me the paper. paper What's the thesis of this paragraph? What, what is the point?
1: What is this paragraph? Where does the comma go? Like, are you... <laughs> And, like, it was – they were always really – as long as you're sweet about it and you explain, no, 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 like, this is why, this is X, Y, Z, they're usually totally fine taking that criticism. But if you ever – like, everybody needs a good communication skill. And even if you're ridiculously smart, top of your class, top of your field, and you don't know how to communicate properly, like, that is a missing skill that you have.
0: Yeah. It's just even like, I always say Midwest, but it's just hard across the board. Like if you're in the arts and you're trying to explain to somebody who's not in the arts and especially someone who's not in the arts, who also doesn't take in that medium of any sort, like trying yeah. to explain what you do, why you do it and how you do it. It's a losing battle, right? Cause they're never going to appreciate it on your level and they don't have to, but you know, people, that's what you do at the holidays, right? You make conversations with some people you don't see often and uh often like like i just don't i'm like i don't need to justify this i write comic books no it's not like batman sometimes it's like batman like (laughs) i don't like it's okay the cool thing is is like a lot of my family like my wife's adopted into a family and they're all very supportive they're awesome they don't read comics but they love me. So they're like, yeah, it's great. He's, he's cool. He does the thing. But then when I get to the more extended parts, you're like, that's so interesting. I'm like, it's not, you don't have to pretend like it is. I know you don't read comics. You don't have to find it interesting. I don't think your <laughs> you're like job's interesting. Pretend. Yeah.
1: and like Some people will just, I have family members who would just, if I, I explain what I do or like what my aspirations are, they will glaze over and they will <laughs> pretend like they understand, but it's even more insulting because you know, they're not listening. They're just like nodding. You know, so, <laughs>
0: yeah I just don't talk to those ones anymore like it's okay like usually like if they come up like they just have questions about the kids like my kids are doing something fascinating because everything oh, kids a great do is fascinating to
1: have kids just deflect
0: yeah it's great it's, yeah, great. it's great it's the same thing that I, I I also use them to get out of like social obligations like ah but the kids you know and they're like yeah I get it and I leave <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh well anyways this is the cave trolls podcast where we talk about all the D &D and ttrpg news and man did some shit go down while we were on break i'm your faithful
1: five minutes
0: five minutes and everything goes to shit you know we you know we left the house you let it all burn down um my name is terry smith with me as always are my faithful co-host sharday how you doing
1: i'm
2: doing great
0: you're one half of the slovenly trolls, and, uh, and we have the okay. other half, I think. She's still here. Lissa, are you here?
2: <laughs> yes, I'm here.
0: How jet-lagged are you?
2: On a scale of one to ten? Mm-hmm. Like, eight? Eight?
0: Okay, okay. I was expecting something, like, sarcastic, like 15 or something, but...
2: (laughs) I mean, I I would have said 15 if that had any um, truth to it, but I am actually... The problem... Okay, so the problem is, um, just to divert a little bit, the problem is I am a night owl, so staying... I've basically gone back to my schedule before I left because I had the same time of waking up as sharday and going to bed as sharday is even when i was living in a whole
1: life revolves around me is what we're hearing yes that is correct
2: uh that's what you said this is (laughs) slander it's just back bro Um, but yes
0: (laughs) but but yes (laughs)
2: <laughs> well,
0: yes, oh, uh, yes. but let's get into the news. Can you guys hear me okay? I had a little internet hiccup. Everyone still here? Yes. Picking me up, yes. putting me down, uh, all the other jargon. Perfect. All of it. All right. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure before we like we're like, hey, let's jump into the show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um (laughs) we've done it before um so i guess let's talk about the open gaming license (laughs) um and that's about all we're gonna talk about today even the bits and bob section um i don't have a lot of new games to talk about there are some we'll get into that next week this week, we're going to talk about all the new games that are popping up in the wake of the Open Gaming <laughs> License. Uh, so we'll have a special bits and bobs section. So let's just jump right into um, the the Village Crier and uh, let's talk about the Open Gaming License. So if you don't know, Dungeons & Dragons, for a long time in different iterations, had what they called the Open Gaming License, which let people use things that were copywritten and uh basically owned by dungeons and dragons to make their own games their own content whether that was for sale for publication for your home use it was pretty open now some people's opinion of it is that made it seem like they own things that you can't own which is also my opinion um because (laughs) you can't copyright game mechanics that's just a fact uh Uh, monopoly and other hasbro things have been trying for a long time doesn't work like that um but DD had a very smart idea by going hey let's open it up let's let people use the things that we say are D &D, and that will make them happy with us and let people make content for DD. it's almost free advertising for us and it will grow our monopoly of the ttrpg space that was kind of the goal of it and it worked for a very long time and then they came out with Fourth edition, and they said no more open gaming license, but you can keep the old one. But we're not going to OGL fourth edition. And the people who really liked 3.5 were like, Well, fuck you, then we're going to make our own shit. And that's how you get companies like Paizo. Um, And also within that space, you had things like Cobalt Press and Green Ronin people still making things for 3.5 in their own games based off the OGL um 1.0 and kind of doing their own thing and then when fifth edition came back around they're like ogl still stands and you can now use it for fifth edition as well and all was right in the world fifth edition was prospering you had critical role you had all these other people making stuff and now they are owned by hasbro and uh that's kind of happened with fifth edition too but they said you know what we're not making enough money off of wizards of the coast and we've already fucked magic the gathering about as much as we can um, let's start fucking with D&D a little bit. We're going to put out OGL 1.1. And it was leaked, and a lot of us had already, like, bad feelings. There was some controversy around um the meetings they were having because they were having people signing ndas a lot of people were freaking out and then you had some conservative um mindset of not right-wing conservative more just like the the optimistic mindset of well you have to sign an nda when you do anything in the company i had this conversation with you two back uh when it was first happening it was like well i'm not afraid because of an nda i'm more interested in what they said in the meeting and uh nothing they threw out was a terrible red flag it seemed like they were going to try to monetize a little bit they were setting up a deal similar to epic it seemed which if you don't know epic sells the unreal engine to companies and they have a deal where basically it's free to use unless you make a certain threshold of money and then you got to give them a cut and it's a pretty high threshold and it seemed like their threshold was going to be high for this too so I was like, oh, I'm not too worried. You know, D&D making a little bit more money off of the gigantic players. Like if Paizo puts out a fifth edition book, well, I, I, you know, they're going to make some money off it. I'm okay with that. And then 1.1, the the big leak happens, and we actually see what the alleged, because we don't know, it's still not published, OGL 1.1 really would do. And what it would really do is fuck over anybody who's made um, that content with, uh, just to paraphrase, them essentially trying to own that content like they're saying that they could take it whenever they wanted to that um you're gonna have to take a huge cut uh of their profits if you hit a hit a certain threshold and a lot of other nasty things so that's what we're going to talk about but there's your context and your um your upfront disclosure a little bit on how i feel about it um (laughs) What do you two think about this whole controversy? Take me through the steps. How did you find out about it? What have you heard? Where's the grapevine right now? Um, what do you think? Uh,
1: well, I found out about it on Twitter.
0: Of course. What? Have you ever I, found out something about it not on Twitter? Like, how no, else?
1: Exa- exactly. Like, I just, I well, I run the slovenly Trolls Twitter. Hi, hello, follow us at slovenly Trolls. Um, <laughs> And I'm on just I'm on Twitter. That's like my quote-unquote social platform that I'm just on the most, mostly because I have to be for the podcast, but also just because it's for me. It's just like my preferred platform to just. Well, before you know, Musk bought it. Sure, sure. Now you're all about that Mastodon, support. right? Woo! I'm totally. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm totally not. Terrified of learning something new and haven't even opened up the webpage yet. So <laughs> a lot of people have gone on it. <laughs> but yes, so I found out about it on Twitter. It was um, leaked, or an article was written by a journalist named Linda Kodega, pronouns they, them. And they um, wrote this article. They obtained a Uh, a version of the OGL from a, what they say is a reputable source um and they shared this on Twitter and Twitter kind of exploded well TTRPG Twitter kind of exploded and the last couple of days I mean there's a reason we're going to be dedicating an entire episode to this because so much has happened since that article was published um Basically, everybody that I follow on the Slovenly Trolls feed, everybody I follow on my personal feed had feelings about it. They were dissecting it. Some people were trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Other people were, you know, sounding the nuke alarm. Like, a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it. Um, And very soon after that, um, a bunch of people that are pretty high up in the space, like indie creators and such, started saying this is terrible and that's when I knew that this was in fact terrible <laughs> like I read it and I formed my own opinions on it and I'm just like well I don't really know much about like the old OGL I've never this never really applied to me before so like I can see how this could be bad but I want to I want to be a fly on the wall I want to know from people who I like creators I respect in this space before like and I want to hear other opinions about that aren't mine and boy do they boy, have
0: some opinions
1: they have opinions everybody from jenny d to abria Iyengar to like uh, matt coville like everybody
0: uh I, much like I, I uh like i remind you sometimes that you have ownership here i do want to also remind you that it does apply to you you do literally make content under the ogl and we sell do. it
1: I so that, yeah. it does so I, apply to you stop I'm minimizing
0: so. yeah. your importance. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, but that's on I know, but that's on Patreon too. So I still am not sure how that affects creator specific. I know how it uh, affects people on DMs Guild, but I don't know how that affects people. We just need
0: to take away the fact that we made it under OGL and we just you, we just write stuff. You can and use it for your all... favorite mo- monopolistic game that you want yeah. to
1: exactly and maybe take out some of the specific god names
0: <laughs> some just of them aren't change, copyright
1: change
2: more name. change more names
0: exactly just change more names yeah. but a lot of like yeah. that's that's part of it is a lot of that stuff can't be copywritten like like a lot of yeah. that stuff is based off mythology which they can't own mm-hmm. they just think like again that's part of the ogl's like genius is that mm-hmm. it makes you think that D owns these things that that watsky and hasbro like have ownership over it there's so much of that stuff that they can't copyright so it's not going to affect us as long as we don't reference that license.
1: Yeah, 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 But yeah,
0: anyways, yeah. continue. I apologize.
1: Um, but, I mean, that's basically, that's my story of how I found it, found out about it. And then, like, I've been following through with it, which I'll talk about in a minute, because I also want to know how Lissa found out about it and not yes. take up too much time and have a roundtable. Yeah, how dare but you? What, I know, right? Um, and the thing that was so interesting to me that I'll talk about after we hear from Lissa is, like, how mainstream... This became like in the span of a week, like who specifically outside of the TTRPG space is now talking about it, and what I started freaking out about the most. But before we get into that, Lisa, how did you hear about the OGL? <laughs> what are your initial feelings?
2: Um, I think I think I first came upon it on Instagram um, over the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on. Cave Trolls prior to that and I was kind of under the opinion that oh, they're going to go capitalistic and then I was kind of talked down from that Um because that was one of my fears that they will like, it will be like this capitalistic money grab kind of thing. Right, a lot of it was they, like around d d beyond, Yeah, right? when they started handing out those NDAs, like yeah, that was a bad sign, but um y- you guys were like, no, no you know, that's like I stand by they're unrelated. Yeah, yeah, know, know, I know, I know. But, like... But you're not wrong. You
0: you saw the writing on the wall.
2: Yeah. It it was this sort of tick towards, like, a worse fate, I guess. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm being very dramatic, but... um, (laughs) A worse fate. I am a dramatic bitch. Let's be (laughs) honest. And so, I think my first one, I saw something posted over the holidays, because I I wasn't really on Twitter, because I... I'm on Twitter when I have time, but I was on holidays and I was really only active on the Suddenly Trolls Instagram and I saw somebody post um, a logo with a hashtag on it and then this big like explanation underneath and I can't remember who it was anymore, but it the picture was, and it said hashtag open D&D and this like manifesto <laughs>
1: underneath and I
2: was like, wait, what did I miss? And then I'm pretty sure Chardee sent me something Probably. <laughs> at some point. Um, or I opened up Twitter. I can't remember which came first. Like, But I basically, because of that, I went on Twitter because I needed more information. Sure. And it was either Chardee sent it to me or I started seeing it on my timeline and then had to start looking into it. Uh, and that's how I found out about it. Because I was, I was traveling, so I didn't have that much time to look into it. But, but over, you know, a number of days, even a week, I slowly, you know, in the nighttime, before I was going to bed, I was, like, scrolling on Twitter, like, what is, what is this? You know, trying to <laughs> catch up to – but, yeah, I, I think – it was a lot of people giving their opinions and some big people giving their opinions but um yeah it was like a a cold sweat went down my face and i'm like (laughs) uh this is exactly what i was hoping would not happen maybe if it's confirmed to be true but
0: we'll Mm -hmm. see
2: but that's how I found out about it,
0: uh, and I think it is all about confirmed now. And that's the thing is, like,
2: yeah,
0: I, the problem is, is like when we've talked down some of our fears in the past. Um, I think a lot of it was more along the lines of them going crazy with D D beyond, right? Like it was yeah. a lot of about yeah. them, um, monetizing the things that they already were monetizing, just doing it in a, uh, more capitalistic sense. And now what's happening more is that they're crushing competition or so they're attempting. Um, Yeah. And that's more the issue is they're like, well, people are playing with our toys and we're just saying that they have to pay for it, which is fine. And honestly, Mm -hmm. they're not doing anything illegal. That's their right. The thing that I, I want to remind people and want to talk about and the same thing with like a lot of creators right now is that the OGL was kind of this like smoke screen of, well if you do anything it's like D anD D. we're allowing you to do that and there's so many things that yeah. you can do around it that they don't have to allow you um i think the the reference that i was uh showing sharday when we were talking about like what can you copyright and what can't you copyright was uh, everyone's played jenga you've heard of jenga the tower falls you yell jenga but uh my favorite game to play is jumbling tower and uh, Jumbling Tower is not off-brand Jenga, it's on-brand Jenga, um, Jumbling Tower. So it's the almost the exact same game, but when it falls, I yell Jumbling Tower. And I'm allowed to do that, uh, they're allowed to sell it, and they're allowed to market it under that name because copyrights are to stop market confusion. They're, they're yeah. there so consumers don't go, oh, this is the product that, that Hasbro makes, i'll buy that it's so you can't trade under someone else's name that's what the copyrights are for and the ogl allowed you to trade under the D D name and they're saying we well, can't do that anymore that doesn't mean you can't make shit that's compatible with their game you're allowed to do that and people are going to put out clones people are going to make new games with this and that's all going to be completely legal mm-hmm. and they're what they're doing is you know cutting off their nose despite their face and uh it's not surprising that they're trying to do something like this it's surprising that they're doing it so poorly um and i guess it's i guess it shouldn't be if you've watched what they've done with magic the gathering the last few years um if you don't know magic the gathering obviously it's a trading card game you buy packs you build decks you play with other people um and when they come out with new cards they come out in different sets and this used to happen two to three times a year and when hasbro said hey you're not making enough money off magic we need you to put out like seven to 10 sets a year and um why aren't we crossing over with more things and putting out tons more sets and eventually it kind of burned out the magic community they couldn't keep up with the demand like we can't buy these new cards every single time and a lot of people left the game um moved to other games i switched over to digimon a lot of people went in different directions there's lots of other card games to play and it really splintered that audience and now they're doing the same thing with Dungeons and & Dragons. And it's it's kind of sad to see because I like Dungeons and & Dragons. And they've done a lot of shitty things. We talked about all of the race of stuff they've been put out over the years. And we hoped that they would get better. And their idea of getting better was charging people more money. <laughs> um, and really fueling the fires of their competition, which is just fascinating to me in like a business sense. Um, yeah. I think it's going to lead to good stuff. I think, it's honestly, it's going to create cool games we're going to get a few clones because people aren't going to be able to shift over their entire business model overnight so you're going to be playing this yeah. other game that's 100 mm-hmm. percent compatible with D&D. they just don't officially say it right um like Paizo's going to have to reprint a lot of things because they made 1.0 through the open gaming license and used all the same terminology when they made pathfinder uh second edition so they're probably going to have to change a lot of that older stuff because they're not going to be able to sell it under the same way um and they people forget they still make pathfinder 1.0 games they they make stuff for it still and starfinder is still the same system and they put out new starfinder books all the time uh so it's going to affect that quite a bit um, but I think it's going to lead to some really cool shit. Like you already have companies announcing games, which we'll get to here in a little bit. And we're going to have other companies going, hey, we're going to create something wholly new, not just a D&D clone. We're just going to make our own system that's proprietary. And a lot of these systems are going to have their own open game and <laughs> license to, yeah. to put up their middle fingers to it. So I think it's going to lead to some cool things, probably not for D&D, but for everyone else. Definitely um, not for no, <laughs> right or <I hate laughs> right, exactly. Good. Um, D&D's so Yeah, so what do you, let's let's talk about a little bit of the 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 seer, a little bit of the, the soothsayer stuff. Char, where do you think this is going to go?
1: Man, I don't know. I if they really I think so far we should also say that Wizards is not officially as of recording this episode. I'm on Twitter literally checking to see if anything's breaking <laughs> while we're recording. Mhm. As of right now, as of recording, they have not released a statement. The only account, and I think this is, I don't know how telling this is, but the only account that has even acknowledged it is D&D Beyond, which is not their official, like, Wizards of the Coast account. It is an account specifically for D&D Beyond, the app they use for Dungeons & Dragons. That
0: they only recently purchased.
1: They They only recently purchased it, exactly. That's the only account. And they said, hey, we know you have questions um we will like you know we'll be addressing it soon and like I saw a bunch of retweets and everybody said it's too late for that (laughs) like I'm like hey listen they ain't wrong because I also want to point out before we get into some other stuff like yeah people are like it's it might lead to great things for the TTRPG community which is great new games is always great because that means more people will find their perfect game and that's always a good thing But I also want to say another reason why people are upset, because I was skimming the article looking for this specific quote, because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, According to the article that was published about the OGL, there is a statement in that leaked copy that says that wizards will have a non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide, sub-licensable, royalty-free license to use whatever content is published over the on the new OGL for any purpose. And that's
0: the thing that we were referencing when we were first talking about it, which is yeah. them saying, hey, if you make stuff under our license, it's ours.
1: It's ours. And I think that's part of the, that's what concerns, I think, me and a lot of creative That's the biggest concern to me. Most. That's the biggest concern to me as well. Like, yes, there's a bunch of other concerns. Um, the money stuff—you only need to pay if it's over, like what, seven hundred fifty thousand? Seven hundred fifty thousand.
0: Which, no offense to a lot of creators, like you, you get companies like like Cobalt and and Pizo who are reaching that one hundred percent. Yeah, but most Kickstarters aren't going Piso, to. If like, you're selling shit, I'm they, sorry, you're not going to hit that.
1: Yeah, but it also applies to Kickstarters, and I think that's maybe a little bit more like understandable if a Kickstarter goal. Reaches over seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, even if they don't reach their goal, you still have to pay. You still have to pay,
0: and you get a smaller kickback specifically with Kickstarter because Kickstarter was like, "Hey, listen, this isn't good. This is gonna kill us. This is gonna kill you." Yeah. And they negotiated a better rate. I think it's something closer to like twenty percent instead instead of the twenty-two. Yeah, 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 twenty percent, but it's still not. No, it's still not that much better. It's just it was going to be twenty-five percent, and they got them to take away five. You know.
1: Yeah yeah, so it's it's not it won't maybe affect people who are publishing stuff on DM Guild, like super, super indie, one or two people, a small team. the The monetary stuff will really only affect the big companies, but the stuff with the non-exclusive perpetual perpetual, irrevocable worldwide sublicensable royalty- free license. that scares the living shit out of me and everyone else who is creating an adventure or like spells or just like a supplement and like you publish let's say you publish it on dm's guild wizards is like we like that that's a really good idea yoink you don't get any money for it that was your idea but it's ours now it's in iglewiv's cauldron of all the things and perfect Bye. Thank you for your it, free labor.
0: It's basically. it's and fascinating because like, oh. there's there's always the double-edged sword. Like we all know because we, we're all artists. We've done work for free for exposure in quotations, right? Yeah. And to a certain extent, it sucks that we have to do that, but sometimes it's the only way forward, right? I've done free jobs that I wanted to charge for, but I knew my name was going to pop up on a big site, so I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's that, that, oh, well, my content's being featured. Well, that's cool, except for it's not your content they own it. It's not. it's, it's, have, it's theirs. Yeah. And they don't, don't have to, to credit about. you. There's nothing in there about them having to credit. Like that's why I love working under the share alike license. I, I do a lot of stuff in, or I used to, at least in the podcast space, but I've done lots of different stories under the share alike license. Um, because listen, you can do it as long as everybody can use the shit that you made with it. And mm-hmm. you have to credit those people. That's the only thing I ever put for my share alike stuff is you just got to say that it was written by me. Okay and yeah. that's a cool way to do it that is not this if you make it yeah. under the ogl it's theirs they can use it goodbye and you and if good luck trying to tell somebody that i wrote that like that's exactly. like, like no one's gonna believe you um well, and they don't have to
1: community will but anybody outside of that absolutely will not sure <laughs> because we know because we're you know aware of what's happening sure. but like other people outside of this very niche community they won't believe you because your name isn't attached it's not credited anywhere good luck putting it on like a cv or a portfolio page right so that scares me and i wanted to bring that up before we moved on to like other stuff like specifically like i think that's what's upsetting a lot of at least the creators that i follow on twitter and i think rightfully so because Same. it also terrifies me as a creative person as somebody who now creates things for D terrifying since we're already
0: in the like the eye of the beholder section can i say what like there's one there's one more fear on top of that that goes along with it is it's not that this is going to steal it they're going to sell it and i'm not going to be able to prove that i made it the thing is Mm -hmm. once they do that they have the power and the resources to then copyright it make it part of that and then you have to take yours down
1: oh my god yeah that's uh,
0: you still can't you can no longer use your id so there's uh there's an issue that's happening on tiktok right now where um, it's not just TikTok, it's YouTube. It's been it's been happening a lot, but it's happening to more creators on TikTok. So uh, TikTok sound or audio will go viral. And then someone mm-hmm. who's a little bit more business savvy will go and take that sound and copyright it. They'll go get the full rights to it and license it. Oh, my God. And then if you use your own sound that you've created, oh, they can yes. be de- demonetized and taken down because mm-hmm. they beat you to the punch. Now, you can fight it, but it takes a long time and a lot of resources, and it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's what can happen with with this open gaming license. Is not only can they take your stuff and use it for free, but then they can say, "But it's our stuff now. Take yours down."
1: Yeah, and that's just as a creative person, it's like scary. It's a night. That's a nightmare. It's just like you. You, it's part of you, and I, I hate being like <laughs> I'm such an I'm, I'm such an artist. It's you're, part of your. Soul. You're not
0: pretentious though. It's a thing that you created. It's the it's, it's part of the argument of like separating the art from the artist. It's really hard to do because it's It's
1: really hard to do when it's yours.
0: <laughs> like I don't. Maybe it's because separate. we don't get paid that much for the shit that we've made, Char. But I'm very attached it, to yeah. most of the things I've made.
1: No, I don't. I hope that never changes because, like, even if I write something that's just for myself that I don't show anybody which I do very often because I'm very self-critical, I, I'm i so attached to it. Like, no matter if people are seeing it, if nobody's seeing it, as a creative person who creates something, if people took something that I made that I know that I made and they're just like, no, we made it, it's ours. It's like it's taking away, like, a certain... Is autonomy the right word? I don't think it yeah, is, it's yeah. Th- no,
0: there's a there's a certain level of autonomy where it's like you have the control, and if it's a part of you that you're not you're not using that word incorrectly, okay. like like it is. It's like I, them taking a mean, piece of you. Yeah, a
1: bit wishy washy. You, you're kind of getting what I'm saying. Can That's I tell you, a, right? a, you <laughs>
0: yeah? Can I tell you a quick comic book story along the same lines? So, have you ever yeah, heard yeah. of the character Lobo from DC Comics?
1: No no Um,
0: he's the main man picture like uh kind of like a like a burly uh biker guy from space he's like a space bounty hunter so like dog the bounty hunter in space who's funnier and the creator of that that character created him but doesn't own him okay dc owns him um and so even though he came up with this character could do whatever he wanted with him for the most part eventually dc goes well yeah sure but we own him and we can do whatever we want with him too which is fine if that original creator's still writing him no one's gonna take his toy away um but eventually if the character gets popular enough they go listen you've had a good run we want to hand them to somebody else Um, And you just have to accept that, right? It's scary. You got to hand your toy over to somebody else. It's not actually your toy. You were only like allowed to play with it, which kind of sucks. But sometimes it gets worse because um, what happened with the creator of Lobo is he was writing a story and the editor on the project goes, no, 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 Lobo wouldn't do that. And the the guy is sitting there, he's like, but I made Lobo. I'm the one who would say what he would do yeah. or not do. Yeah. And he had to say, doesn't matter. DC owns him. And I say, I'm in charge of the project. Lobo wouldn't do that, even though he had no hand in it. You see the same thing happen when, like, rights move in Hollywood. You have know, the original writer of a project, but they don't own it. The, the studio said- owns it
1: one last example of that before we get too off-topic. That also happens in um, traditional novel writing a lot. So E.L. James, the original author of the Vampire Diaries books from the 90s, the Mm -hmm. ones that the TV show is based off of, she wrote the first three. Um, She wanted to write more, but she couldn't because she signed a very binding agreement that basically took away her rights to if she ever, um, if her contract was up, if the publisher wanted to move in a different direction with the books they could and that's exactly what they did they hired a new writer to write for the vampire diaries book series without her and took the book series in a completely different direction than she ever wanted um and so she had to resort to writing fan fiction of her own work to get to get the like ending that she wanted and that just fucking breaks my heart <laughs> it sucks <laughs> it like my heart.
0: so i i write a lot of pitches for companies for comic books so if you don't know for like comic books you like you produce essentially like five pages of what would normally be a full comic book you have an artist do it that's part of what we pay for and then i pitch it to these companies if they like it then they publish it right and they go here's money to finish the rest of the thing and i have two stacks of my my pitches that i create I pay a lot of artists, a lot of money to make them. And I have to decide what am I okay with pitching to publishers who own it? And what am I okay with pitching to publishers that leave me with all of the rights? They take a cut, but I still own the thing. So I only pitch the stuff that I really, really am okay with people owning a piece of it or all of it sometimes to those publishers that I'm okay with. I'm like, I, if you take it eventually and you want to do your own thing, that's okay. And you And I have to do that ahead of time. Because I've had projects, I've sold projects, and they're like, you know what, we don't want to move forward with this and I'm never allowed to touch that story ever again.
2: That's awful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and some like I I just heard about one that I had sold and they're going to be making a comic book it's barely it's not even really close to the same thing. It's just like kind of the same idea. Mm-hmm. And they're giving it to uh in their opinion a better writer who's a little bit more famous and they just they get to do they take my idea and do that thing it's okay because it's a different level it's kind of a, its own own idea but there's still like there's a little piece of me that dies because I'm like well that was my idea and I am never allowed yeah. to write it yeah. um and that's that's what's gonna happen under this license if people continue to make their things uh, for dnd d and it's something that we've talked about on this show which is like we love DD right and Even when they make mistakes, it's like, well, we can still play the game without buying their products. And now it's going to be even harder to do that in good faith because Mm -hmm. you can't even do the third-party shit anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's also – I think it's also worth noting that we don't know – we can speculate, but we don't know who's making these big decisions. We know it's people in suits. We know it's people really high up. We don't know who – supports this at Wizards, who supports this at D D specifically, but in my opinion, with context clues and also after reading the secret history of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> we know that a lot of these decisions are made by people in suits who maybe don't understand the game as or don't understand the community is also a point that was brought up on social media as Mm -hmm. well as people who are creating content for the game. So the game designers, the writers, the artists, the page layout people, the people who know what the fans want and they do their best with the tools that they have and the restrictions they have to give that to people. Those are not the people. Those people who care are, in my opinion, there's like a 98% chance that they are not okay with this and they are probably making a fuss about it maybe in the office but they can't do it publicly because of fear of losing their job yeah losing their livelihood and not being able to create things that they love anymore and that's a really hard place to be in and i think it's worth noting that those people are probably almost 100 percent not the problem it's people who don't understand the game who are making these big decisions that are fucking with everything. Yeah. <laughs> Watson well, and, so and like... Hasbro
0: are very, very large companies, right? Like they're yeah. they're not some sort of monolith that is they make all one singular decision. You know, they're not a hive mind. Um and I'm sure like like we kind of talked about a little bit offline is that the people that work there, a lot of people work there because they love the game. Like that's a cool job to have. And some people are really disappointed that people like that aren't speaking out. But how could they? They're gonna they're gonna lose their job at a cool company that pays for their livelihood in this economy like no fuck no they're not gonna say shit about it on twitter Mm -hmm. like they have families they you know they have they need to eat like they can't like people who are getting mad about that i want you to keep that in mind because i've seen a lot of hate being thrown at everybody who works there is complicit Well, (laughs) well sure i guess but there's no ethical consumption under capitalism either like uh you, you can't you can't say just because you're part of the machine, you're part of the problem. Like, these are people yeah. that love the fucking game and didn't know or didn't have control over this decision.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's really, like, don't take it out on very specific accounts who you know are attached to yeah. D&D, who are creating, who are big creators, like, in the space who work at D&D. Don't at them. They're probably not going to make any sort of statement because their job depends on it, and it's important. And unless they ever make, if they want to speak out for themselves, it is their choice whether or not they do that. Right. But we're we're just not gonna know. And it's 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 harmful yeah. to make generalizations. Yeah. Very harmful.
0: <laughs> Lisa, you've been a little bit quiet because we haven't let you talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> is there
2: I anything just, you would like to add? <laughs> just thought I'd let you to get it out of your system. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because you if I try if i try to start butting in it's just going to be a jumble of all voices and i'm still not going to be able to talk so uh just you know 100 percent.
0: so here's the floor we're handing the feeling stick over to you
2: i just because so i haven't been really following or bef- before this podcast i didn't really follow like any of the TTRPG space and it just it's so sad to see that Everyone that we've been talking about on this podcast could potentially be impacted in a negative way by anyone who's working in the 5e sector. and Because we've talked about how many people are moving into using like yeah. the 5e rule set and how that's mm-hmm. the whole thing and how those people must – and I've always been like, well, why don't you like? – I've been always supporting Make the – Make your own um, game make your own game, like, do an original game. And like, no, like, use a (laughs) 5e rule set. (laughs) Now it's just like, well, now you have to go and make, you know, your original rule sets. And I know for a fact that there's, like, a bunch of companies that are now going out of their way to create their own Mm -hmm. rule sets, like Kobold Press and... um, I saw that even Fey Earth was talking about making their own rule set, even though their Kickstarter didn't um, go through. But when they publish it out, that they're gonna have their own OGL or. That's F-RD. something
0: that we talked about, right? We were like, oh, yeah. like, maybe this means that they can make their own rule set because that would have been really cool with this, and yeah. now it's gonna come to fruition, right? Like,
2: like there's the bad side, but which is all these companies or and people who are working in the TTRPG space with the 5e rules who will have an issue if this goes through but I feel like the push is gonna go into supporting these people who are working outside of D&D and that's what intrigues me the most because I've always ever since we started this podcast I'm always just like but why don't I play something else why am I always playing D&D and whenever you ask me like oh Lissa would you would you like to try this and I'm like Yes, actually <laughs> I would. And then like it's always like I just don't have the people to do it yet. Right. And it's always just like I need to I need to like try more things in the teacher BG space. There's more than just D and D. There's more than just D D based games. And I wanna try something new. And this is more and more just pushing me into like wanting to support the creators who are doing the original stuff which I think is the only silver lining that I can sort of see mm-hmm. in the mess that is you know hashtag open d d but <laughs> um, I think yeah I, I, I agree with what you've been talking about earlier but I think that's like my five cents to add to all of this is like this other side of it is that it's gonna open up like a a different side of the TTRPG space which supports originality and you know making original content which i think is hella cool because why wouldn't you want to support creative people coming up with new ways to roll dice
0: hell yeah mm-hmm. that's that's the part that i'm so excited for that's the good news right like i think this is gonna yeah. end up being a good thing for over the all it just sucks that's such a shake up now and the cool thing yeah. about it is like because there was so much other trepidation around d d because of some of their racist exploits recently and some of the other issues people have had with the company. This might be the nail in the coffin for other new players that kind of joined up around like the Critical Role craze and like this big boom that the that the TTRPG and D&D specifically has seen. Those people now are going to be like, ah, "Listen, this is too many controversies. What other games can I play?" so it's not just people like us who've been playing for a little while going hey let's switch over our main games over there's gonna be new people who are going well i mostly just play 5e with my friends or watch critical role what else can i play this might be the final chance to go well you know cobalt press put out a new game but there's already games that exist that you could check out you know like i i think we're gonna see the the space open up a little bit um because of all this controversy which is cool it's cool a lot of games are going to get eyes on them that they didn't have like how many times have we done stuff on bits and bows and people are like oh i'm excited for that game like i didn't know that was going to be a thing and now they're now they might go buy it
1: Yeah, i hope so
0: (laughs) oh man it it
2: it sucks that the timing is that when like it's It's a bad economical situation, right?
0: Right. Like Like, this is a shitty, shitty time to jump in. If you are
2: relying on the TTRPG space to make you money, this is a really shit time to be losing um, your source of income. And like, I fully acknowledge this. But making a game is not cheap. Yeah, making a game is not cheap, and we were talking about how like. Most people are using like Kickstarter's to even do that, mm-hmm. and how like it's not even their own money that they're necessarily using. Of course, they do have, you know, their own money going into it, but they also have to get like other people invested in it in order to publish
0: and just to break even on it, right? Like they're yeah, not yeah, just to the break profits.
2: even and and not even make a profit off of it. So like I fully, my heart goes out to all of those people who are you know struggling and trying to make it in the TTRbG space and then this comes along right and if you've been working in the 5e sector this that's just that's a bad hand to be dealt with um
0: and you made a really good point you're like we just talked about how all these games are like i don't think we can afford to make our own thing let's just do it in 5e and now all the people that have done that even like the bigger fish right like you have paizo going listen we love pathfinder 2e but it's gonna sell better if we also put it out in 5e
2: yeah,
0: and now the, the, all those things are fucked, and that's not the good part. That's not the thing that I think is going to end up being good. I want I want on the record to show that I'm not excited about these people that are going to lose their livelihood right now because they decided to jump onto the 5e bandwagon. And I also yeah. don't want people to be too mad. Like I see a lot of people going, "Oh, you're complicit too," if you're still producing stuff for 5e. That might be some people's only option, right? Yeah, like they're not going to be able to afford like designing a game's not cheap testing it isn't either and then producing it and publishing it it's not as simple as going well we'll just make our own system because if you half-ass that people aren't going to want to play your game so
2: making your own system is difficult it's super difficult any kind of sort of trying to be original and coming up with something like that sort of stands out from the crowd is going to be difficult which is why like when somebody does it like i want to support you know somebody trying something new so, but like, if also, they can't afford
0: to, like, we can't yeah. shit on them, you know.
2: But also, what I wanted to say was, like, this is why i <laughs> I hate monopoly, or not the board game, but I hate when people monopolize companies and when companies have this big of a an impact mm-hmm. in something, and when they go down, everybody who's attached to it in with the like the TTRPG space goes down with them.
0: Yep.
2: So, never give people power is what. Never we give anyone power, <laughs> <laughs> especially Are you to to start big communist. Revolution on this podcast. Yeah. Seize
0: the means of production.
2: <laughs> Seize the means of production.
0: <laughs> if people haven't picked up that we have a communist manifesto on this show, have you even been listening? Mm. Like, but yeah, that's uh,
2: that's why. That's all I have to really say, I think. Uh, Okay.
0: Well, I think you make awesome points, and that was Eye of the Beholder. We're going to move to people's favorite section on this show, Bits and Bobs, and let's talk about some of those new games that people are going to make just out of the blue, and it has nothing to do with Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) Um, So I think the big one that everyone was talking about first, it's definitely not the only one, was Cobalt Press's announcement almost immediately (laughs) that they're making their own game. Almost
1: immediately. (laughs) Um,
0: It was... uh, They're saying it's the raising our flag um that's like the moniker they put behind it but i think it's called the black flag project is that what it's called
2: yes they they already have their own twitter account
0: yes and that's been really cool because they've been encouraging it not just to go hey support our new game the raising our flag initiative is like hey announce yours too Like, put it here. Let's all... the Rising Tide raises all ships. Let's all talk about our new games, which I thought was really cool. And as much as I've given some shit to Cobalt Press earlier in the year about some of the stuff they published, that's a really cool thing to do is like, hey, let's all be in this together. We're not creating competition for each other. We're creating competition for 5th edition. Or 1D&D, rather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, do you guys disagree? Is that what No.
1: (laughs) No, we I just don't. don't have really. to add, I don't know much about what they're—they're they, they're being really like s- not really like secretive about what they're doing, but like we don't really know much about like what their systems going to well, look like. Like yeah, they probably like, don't know much, much they know either. They're they probably on.
0: like fuck it, we better announce something.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and like they're not the only ones. So like yeah. a bunch of people like release like hey, we're working on all this stuff that maybe either was in the works before and now we're just announcing it because we gotta, or you know, so. We don't really know much about any of these systems yet. We just know that they're being announced. So I don't know what else to say about them. <laughs> Well,
0: let's, let's at least start by naming some of the ones that we can, or at least the companies that are doing it. So, first up, the Cobalt Press, the Raising Our Flag Initiative. I'm going to read directly from their press release, okay? So, to our fellow Cobalt's, Cobalt Kobold Press has been and always will be committed to open gaming in the tabletop community. Our goal is to continue creating the best materials for players and game masters alike. This means Cobalt Press will release. Its current Kickstarter projects, as planned, including campaign builders, cities, and towns already printed non-suede of backers this winter. It is pretty cool, I recommend it. In particular, Deep Magic Volume 2 will remain fully compatible with 5e rules, and we're working with our VTT partners to maintain support for digital platforms. As we look ahead, it becomes even more important for our actions to represent our values. While we wait to see what the future holds, we are moving forward with our clear-eyed work on a new core fantasy tabletop rule set available, open, and subscription free for those who love it, codename Project Black Flag. All kobolds look forward to continued evolution of tabletop gaming. We aim to play our part in making the game better for everyone. Rest assured, kobold press intends to maintain a strong presence in the tabletop RPG community. We are not going anywhere. So, that was their official statement um they've said a few more things just like again like along the lines of the raising our flag initiative on twitter like in in encouraging other companies to like announce theirs which they've been doing um but yeah we don't know anything about the game is it going to be a clone of 5e you know just with different terms is it going to be their own system 100 percent proprietary i don't know but i'm excited that there's going to be a new game from such a big publisher
1: yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited, and I'm I wasn't like I was surprised, but also not surprised to see that on Twitter like almost immediately. <laughs> I think that almost blew up faster than people's opinions of the OGL. Like, hell yeah, Cobalt, Like that's, that's mostly what I saw.
0: <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was awesome. Like, yeah, uh it was great. You know what's funny is uh, when this first happened, uh, like even before they announced it, it was just like right around the NDA stuff when i was talking to my buddy john another yeah. dm i was like we know what's gonna happen we've already seen this once before because like i said i played back in the fourth edition days and the second they were like fourth edition is not gonna have an open gaming license that's when paizo was created they're like fuck this <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna make our own shit off your old gaming license and a bunch of other know, companies did too
1: that's one of the things that just like fucking baffles me <laughs> you're repeating like, history. Happened. Before, and it's not even like history that was fifty some years ago. <laughs> this is recent history, and you haven't learned, or or you just hired a bunch of people who didn't do their <laughs> research on the company. Like, are you? I just can't wrap. Even from a business standpoint, I can't. It's so ignorant of them. Like, do they not understand? Are they just seeing money, 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 yeah. and like they don't care? Like, that's the only. I'm just seeing like these, oh my gosh, if you have has anybody in this chat ever played Toontown? Sure,
0: I remember Toontown. No.
1: It it was like a very old, like early two thousands, almost like an MMO, but not really. It was like a Disney version of like mm-hmm. an online game where you played as like a small animal. And it was very anti-capitalist actually, which is strange because <laughs> it's Disney.
0: But it was that was I mean, like, like the whole the narrative whole, as you were taking down. The whole
1: narrative is like you have Toontown, which is full of like cutesy characters that all and I don't know if the Disney characters were actually in the game. I don't think they were. You but could like, wear costumes of them. Bases. Yeah, and the towns were like based off of them. So there was like Daisy Gardens and like Goofy's whatever. And like the whole premise is if you go from these like Disney character themed like places on the map, in between that were streets that were lined with like corporate office buildings <laughs> and like the bad guys in this game were called Cogs basically they were, and cogs they were in the just machine. like these exactly they were just these gray um figures of differing levels and you would like to either fight them yourself or team up with other people on like very amateur disney versions of raids like, you would go <laughs> into these buildings and like fight the cogs and then if you cleared the building that building disappeared and was replaced by like just a regular like toontown building you defeated capitalism congratulations but wow. now i'm just thinking of these freaking people in suits as those comms <laughs> in toontown who are just like faceless and go <laughs> like you just pie him in the face to defeat them i feel like that's what we got to do we have to find because like how you fight in toontown is you don't like have guns or anything this is disney What do you think this is? This is before Pirates of the Caribbean. This is before Disney got edgy. (laughs) So, like, you defeated the cogs by, like, pulling pranks on them. So, you would have, like, a flower that would spit uh, water at them if they got too close. Or you would pie them in the face with different pies. (laughs) So, I just feel... We gotta cry yeah. him in the face.
2: <laughs> you know, you know what I'm just imagining and realizing is, um, this is the beginning of Chardé, of Chardé's childhood playing Toontown, being like, I hate capitalism, and then growing up and being like, oh, no. no, buildings no. everywhere. Listen,
0: we all have that. We all have is our communist origin, origin stories?
2: stories. This is, is your this origin my ca- story.
1: Anti-capitalist origin story. I love yes. it. <laughs> oh my god Disney did this to me which is so ironic because they're hugely capitalist and buying everything now and it's they were then too but like
0: and I know some, some people disagree game. the shitty part for me that's always been with like Disney owning everything is like a lot of, I like a lot of the stuff they make <laughs>
1: I know, With the
0: stuff now. they buy and I'm like, they're oh pretty man, pretty these Marvel cool. movies, they're pretty good. <laughs> they're
1: good unfortunately, like, they're pretty oversaturated now, but like, I don't know,
2: after all. I'm okay. Unfortunately <laughs> when you have money unfortunately when you have money you can also make good things. You which can also is, make- it. it's- Sucks. it's
0: like the it's opposite of what really happened with transformers it. like when yeah. when paramount started putting out transformers i was so excited i love transformers like oh we're gonna get movies on the big screen. they suck but because they're so big they're still gonna be successful but they're shitty but like marvel's really big mm-hmm. and i love all the marvel movies and i'm like even the ones that aren't yeah. like great i'm like that's well, still pretty okay like it only cost me six bucks i had a good time like <laughs> i'm not complaining uh was- yeah. yeah
2: exactly
0: but oh, anyways, yeah. I mean,
1: yes. That's just amazing. Makeup. Just like these people in suits are making these decisions that like they don't understand what's happening. And yeah, they don't care.
0: That's we that's the great. thing about 4th edition, right? So when that happened, Watski kind of was big for its britches and was like, well, we kind of run the TTRPG space. We're just going to do our own thing. You can still make stuff if you want. And then Paizo kind of ate their lunch. And that's when 5th yeah. edition came out. When they're like, we need hey, to try nothing. harder. Yeah, yeah, and they brought the OGL back. Sure. It was a little bit more restrictive than the old one, but there was still like listen, you can still make still stuff. Yeah. yeah. And but from those ashes rose like a Phoenix, like a bunch of other games. And it's happening again. Except here's the thing that's different. Unlike when Watski thought they were so big they couldn't fail, now they really are. And that's the scary mm-hmm. part, is they, they don't have Watske money anymore. They have Hasbro money.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. if you think this is the end of D D you're wrong.
2: No, it's not. 100%. No, it's not. not the end
0: of D&D. Exactly. And that that's the thing of like, no no history's repeating itself, but it's not going to be good for them. People are going to still play D&D because there you have the part of the audience that doesn't give a shit. And there's the part of the audience that's just weirdly boot looking and is like, "Nah, I'm going to stick with them because I like it." And then you have the other part that's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what is OGL? Yeah. What is Green Ronin Games? You, I don't know any yeah, of these if words. If,
1: if you just like mention OGL or anything <laughs> to anybody who's like, I wouldn't say, even like, there, there's like casual players of D&D who play once in a while, but then there are players that play every week, but they're just not tuned in to what's happening in the TTRPG space. They do play every week. They do love Dungeons and & Dragons. And maybe they, they don't consume any of what they do online and they just have not seen anything. They, they're going to continue to play it because Dungeons & Dragons is the original tabletop role-playing game. It has a monopoly for a reason, you know, with yeah. all other history and backstory that goes along with it. It is also the oldest one. Well, the yeah. one with the most power in name. Like, people don't even know TTRPGs exist. They know Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons exist so like it yeah they're not going <laughs> to they're not going to topple down but like yeah they're going to leave the community a bit fractured for a while and having to figure out what they want to do and where they want to go which you know could also be a new phoenix rising from the ashes story we just don't know what that phoenix specifically is yet there might be multiple phoenixes you know
0: speaking (laughs) of multiple phoenixes let's talk about mcdm if you don't know mcdm productions also makes lots of cool fifth edition content but they also Mm -hmm. announced that they're making their own game
1: that's Matt colville's
0: That kind of is movie. Matt colville That is the yeah. MC at MCDM. <laughs> That's why I thought it was. I just want to make sure. <laughs> um did, did he release any news other than he's doing it?
1: I think it's just that he's doing it and also he the MCDM's magazine Arcadia is close. Arcadia,
0: thank you. Yes. Um what issue are they on? 22, 23? I don't I remember, but I know
1: people are just kind of mourning the magazine, but also yeah. really excited about what MCBM is going to do, which is awesome. Yes. Matt Colville has a big, like, supporter base, so I think he and...
0: I think, uh, like, yeah, that. like a Phoenix, it'll also come back, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Maybe potentially around their own game. It's hard because you, you won't have nearly as many people paying attention to it at that level, but...
1: Yeah, but... But well, yeah. I'll keep my eye on it. I'm excited to see.
0: Exactly. But anyways, they are also doing a new game, which is really cool. Um, who else? Have you heard other ones? I know there's at least three other ones, but I'm having trouble
1: I don't have them in our chat, so I don't have them easily accessible in my memory. And I Lissa, has your memory improved oh, in the last twenty four uh, hours?
2: <laughs> Do you remember? I I noted down some. Let me try and Think find, find them.
0: I apologize. Normally, we're a little bit better prepared, and I have a little run of show, but we were like, well, we're just going to talk about the OGL, and this is our first show back from break, so.
1: <laughs> our brains are rotten.
0: They totally are. You remember when, like, the first week of break happened, and I was like, sure, I'm not working at all. I'm so excited. I'm just going to write D&D shit. Well, um, all of my uh, pitch comics um, kicked in. All of my artists were like, yeah, let's do this project. And then, oh so God. I've just been, really? yeah, I've just been running projects oh, the entire geez. time. I wrote, like, oh. one thing, and I was really excited that you finally got back to me about your backstory for our next game. <laughs> and the day you sent it to me, I just had to announce one of my other projects. So I'm yeah. like, you missed your window for me to work on this. <laughs> uh- i <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I
1: realized over break, this is just, you know, me going off on a tangent while you guys find the games. I realized over break that I was creatively burnt out. Like, I got COVID over break, for those who don't know and don't follow oh. on Twitter. And like I had to force myself to not do anything and to just recover, not be productive for one day, and have I I didn't do work for maybe two weeks, and I felt the best that I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that every day, and I'm I'm not even kidding, every day I felt the need to be productive on something creatively, and I never gave myself days off, and I realized that I'm just like I need to I need to actually give myself days off, <laughs> and I, even though like. I'm working on multiple projects that need to be finished. Like, no, I need to schedule days off because I can't think of any new ideas. And then I feel stressed because I can't think of any new ideas. But then I realize, oh, that's just because I'm creatively burnt out and I need to give myself some time. So, so that's also what happened when I gave you that. I'm just like, oh my God, I, I have all these ideas now. What happened? I'm like, you took two weeks off. That's yeah, and like I, the, the, I,
0: jokes aside, <laughs> I did understand why you didn't. I did not feel, I understood what you were doing. No, you were also working too. Like I completely got it. But I want you to know it was really cool when I got that, because you had been talking oh, you're like, ahead. I don't know if I have ideas. I only ever played d d This isn't fantasy. I'm excited to play. I'm definitely gonna give it a shot, but I just don't... I don't know what else yeah. to add to the conversation. And then I got that, and I was like, oh, Charday kicked in. Because I'm like, reading it. Like, it just keeps going. You're sending me playlists. I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. She's got it. She's got the bug. This is gonna be a good game.
1: <laughs> I got... I did, a, I did my one page of backstory and a couple playlists, and then I started, you know, doing what I do best and being... Uh, what's the word that Lisa always uses for me? Extra? <laughs> Do you
2: <know> <laughs> <laughs> extra and also
1: basic.
0: Basic, yeah. I, I don't know how you can be both at the same time, but you know, live, laugh, love your way
2: through it. Hey, she makes it. She makes it work. Okay, she it
1: Terry, <laughs> no, no, Terry's lying out his ass. He knows exactly how I could do that because you know my character in your fucking game.
0: Oh man. My
1: ladrin is both extra and, and extra
0: basic. And
1: basic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the perpetuation of that. Oh Listen, man. Liar.
0: But I also, just to commiserate with you, I completely understand the burnout. So um, I had reached the end of the project. I had written all these scripts, and the artist had the script. He was drawing it. It was all ready to go, and he left one thing for me. He left all these blank like green spaces in the final art, and I was like, what is that? And he was like, well, you have all these billboards in the city. It's like a futuristic story. And he was like, I thought you might want to come up with some really cool billboards for, like, products or whatever to put in the background. I was like, dude, that's so cool. I didn't even think about that. I love the collaboration there. But I have nothing in my brain. I am so burnt out. And he was like, take your time. I left it as the final step. So as soon as you get them to me, I can plug them in so and so like we we just signed that letterer yesterday and i got a chance to like just recover for a few days and i finally i wrote all the billboards and i sent it over to him but it was like number one really cool that he understood but also like i get I'm like i couldn't even come up with two fucking ideas for a damn billboard when normally that would be like a two seconds piece of work you know
1: it's seriously and then you have to justify being burnt out but like we all in this podcast get it we're like no right. no you creative burnout exists you don't need to justify it but you're like yeah but i got it though but i got it
0: because like some people like don't look at my job as real so i have yeah. to i'm like no it happens and it's a lot
1: but but anyway did you guys find the uh the people who are doing
0: i have at least time? one um they haven't yeah, announced the one. game yet but we wanted to talk about um abria yeah. iangar brennan lee mulligan lou wilson yeah. erica ishii yeah um so new new show it's uh yeah. worlds beyond number i'm super fucking excited for it it's gonna be so cool but they haven't said anything about what game they're playing yet and i think I that think that's, that's on purpose an,
1: i think that's on purpose 100%. Yeah.
0: i think they saw the writing on the wall just like the rest of us and we're like mm, <laughs> um so i think it's safe to say if they're not doing their own thing it's gonna be in several other systems that aren't D.
1: yeah
0: um but again that's just conjecture um. Don't know. Yeah. Yes. Uh. I see best tabletop RPGs in 2023 that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I'm just reading uh Dicebreaker right now. <laughs> and I'm like, there's people talking about things that out. are coming out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> did find, yeah. Did you, did you find, find any you?
1: in your list that you wrote down? She,
0: she disappeared. Um. Lisa died.
2: <laughs> I rest found... in peace, Lisa.
0: You will be remembered. <laughs> can you not
2: hear me? No, no we, we can, can hear, hear you.
0: Hear
1: you. <laughs> You were, you were silent for, like, an extended period of time. So, like, oh, we're fucking dead. <laughs> Did you find anything?
0: This dead air is great for for audio <laughs> listeners. Um,
2: well, I keep asking and she just says, uh. And she's <laughs> but, thinking still. No. I'm still looking.
0: So oh then gosh, what I want to do, the last thing I want to do is I want some conjecture on two things this is our our final uh, eye of the beholder section um normally we would talk about the stuff we're playing and doing right now we're not doing that today so uh i apologize if you're disappointed about that but we have other uh, more important things next week we'll fill you in on our breaks i promise what do you think this is going to do to the actual play environment um obviously it doesn't necessarily affect streamers in the way that they can't play those games because performing is a transformative act you can already play Monopoly without them coming after you. It's not going to affect D&D, in my opinion. I guess I could be wrong. I'm not a copyright lawyer, but I'm pretty sure it's a performative act. Yeah. You should be fine. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to change their minds and with what they do because... You know, streamers like the game. They want to support people. I can see this changing a lot of their ideas on running the game in d Like we mentioned with, you know, uh, Worlds Beyond Number. That Like, they, there's no d branding anywhere near there. So, what do you think it's going oh, to do to actual plays?
2: I actually saw something. Because I watched um, part of an actual play uh, in support of my yeah. friends on Instagram. Um, which was... Hammer up the, the Hammer of the Gods podcast. I've never heard saying. of
0: it. Um it sounds like <laughs> sounds like something Rick would do though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Rick do. yeah, so what they were doing was when they were I mean, I think this was mostly a joke, but whenever they would use a spell, they, oh,
1: would, no. rena-
2: they would rename the spell <laughs> instead of using the actual name of the spell, it had a new name. Which was I thought was hilarious because then you're coming up with really ridiculous stuff. Um oh sometimes. Which I think just yeah, it's it's just gonna be well, now potentially, I just a home game.
1: <laughs> I mean so
2: basically they have no control of what they don't know what you're playing.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Or you
2: might even know what they are playing, but mm-hmm. you just change the words around. So initiative mm-hmm. is some something um begin combat or like yeah you roll for combat, you know. But, again, and you can't
0: copyright mechanics. Can't. So, exactly. So you so, can still do whatever you want. And, like, it's, even if you could, it's still performative um, and transformative, mm-hmm. um, at least yeah. under U.S. law. So you're changing it inherently by performing it, so you can still use it on stage.
2: Plus, like if you're not showing like the character sheet if you're not showing the rule books you're just showing people who are playing the game 100 percent. you're just showing them rolling dice they can't prove anything right but my more they're point not is not using like, the terminology either
0: right exactly but my my point is like are we going to see streamers just not wanting to use D now
1: ah okay ah. I think it depends. I think the big streamers probably not going to be affected. Like, like is Critical go
0: Role just going to still no. play D&D 5th edition?
1: I think Isn't they it? I think there would be some sort of they they haven't said anything about the controversy which is smart. That's a smart. I'm not going to say that that's that they should say anything or anybody involved. I
0: need anything. Matt Mercer to condemn it today, <laughs> or I am boycotting Critical Role, which I notoriously have watched every episode of.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, and you're the biggest fan. The biggest fan. <laughs> you know everything about it. Um, I think that people made a really good point, so this is not an original thought of mine. I've seen the point brought up on Twitter and I think on TikTok, because D&D TikTok is also talking about this is that critical role and dimension 20 if they continue to use D&D are going to be fine because they probably have already some sort of you know I don't want to say like something super sketchy but like a backdoor deal they have
0: some sort of with. licensing deal like you know they, they make. Already they, have, they have a business relationship
1: They have a business relationship with Dungeons and Dragons because they're basically free promo and um I don't know what the company situation is with Dimension 20, I know it's part of Dropout, but I know Critical Role is its own company. So again, like, they company to company, they probably have something going on. And somebody made a really good point, at least, about Critical Role, is that they've been moving away... Like, they're in Matt Mercer's world, right? Like, they don't really use a whole lot of lore from the Forgotten Realms. Like, they do sometimes with the gods, but even then, Matt changed the names of a lot of the gods. I mean,
0: Tal'Dorei originally In- is just his version of Forgotten Realms. It's just a better Forgotten Realms already, so...
1: It's, yeah, Tal'Dorei is just... it's It has some of the same flavor. You can tell that it's 100% inspired by definitely Tal'Dorei, and I know he's really inspired by Planescape, yeah. but... Um, I think that I it's going to affect them because they have Taldori Reborn and they have the old Taldori campaign guide and they have some stuff that used to be branded with Dungeons and Dragons on it I think. I don't know if they do anymore. And Matt
0: Mercer's put, like so, worked on on different D&D supplements too like for Wizards. Yeah, so
1: They have. Yeah, he has. So I don't think it's going to affect their actual play really at all. If they just continue doing what they're doing and telling the stories that they're telling. And they're also moving into just different systems with one shots and mm-hmm. like limited series now. But that's more I my point. They... Like,
0: I don't think that Wizards is going to come after them or they're going to do some sort of fight. No. I'm just curious. is like a almost like a moment of solidarity, I guess, is my question. Like, do you see them going, mm-hmm. we're not going to play D&D anymore? And do you see any of the bigger things going, we do some games in D&D or we used to and now we don't.
1: I don't know. I, I have no I think it could go either way. At mm-hmm. least as a fan of Critical Role who's been following it for a really long time and has seen them going from like just being part of Geek and Sundry to being independent to being sponsored by D&D Beyond to doing brand deals with Dungeons & Dragons, seeing that kind of more business oriented evolution, I think 50-50. Yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you either way. Um
0: cuz they've already changed systems once, right? Like it was they originally from, a Pathfinder game into 5th edition.
1: Well, it was it's weird cuz like I thought that as well, but then somebody online said it was actually like a reskinned 4th edition and then oh. it was Pathfinder. So they've done Daniel it a couple times. So they've reskinned it a couple times, but like the stories that they tell are still central to it. So I don't think they can change it. And I don't think they'll be affected if they change it. But with smaller streamers, I think is where you're going to see the real change. Because smaller streamers have more of a tight-knit community like of people who produce content, at least. So if an actual play that has a smaller audience is friends with another actual play who has a smaller audience, and like they know that a bunch of people are in the indie space, you're going to be seeing the changes there. You're not going to be seeing it at Critical Role. You're not going to be seeing it Dimension 20, probably.
0: Yeah, we You're might not even know it. that they switch systems if they do, right? Like, that's not something I think that they, they cover.
1: No, they they might even be able to get away. I don't think they'll actually know. I don't think that with the age of the internet, I don't think they'll be able to get away with not making any sort of announcement if they ever change. That's fair.
0: Name. That's fair because people are going to be like, "Hold on, well, hold on." I thought yeah, you said on, you have, you casted uh, haste. Like, well, haste does something different now. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like,
1: I think we'll see changes with the little guy. I don't think we'll see changes with the the bigger players until much later, until everything's more official. But we'll definitely, I think, see changes at least, like with Hammer of the Gods, just like making fun of it at first, not doing, like, changing spells and Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Almost like, not because it's going to affect the copyright-wise, not because D&D is going to come after them, but just to make a stance that's my it. point yeah that's where, you see the, that's where you see the change it's not necessarily because of legal implications it's just like no this is solidarity with all the people who make the games or all the people in the community you're going to see that at a smaller level and
0: and that's why i was it. curious i thought maybe like yeah. say like if they do a pathfinder 2.5 which is like they yeah. they do it completely untouched by the ogl they figure it out and that's the clone system you know, yeah. that we look to, I, I could see Critical Role using that, not making a big deal of it, but just it, it's happening. And I could definitely see Dimension 20 out of some of the other big players just not using D&D anymore. They already use a yeah, different for system sure. for so many of their one-shots too, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Um, I could see those being changed. But um, on to the last thing to talk about then. Unless, Lissa, you, do you have anything else to add to that point?
2: Not really. Um, yeah, I think... I mean, it kind of depends on the AP, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's really hard to give conjecture. Uh, yeah. yeah, it, it is. That it, like, have, that's like, a good you, point. Dude. Like, think,
0: purely conjecture. We don't fucking know these people.
2: Yeah, people. I think I think it's a I think it's a case by case basis. I think the ones who are making a lot of money off of it um have to come up with a plan right or, and or make deals that to put in place and or change everything. But I think like smaller APs like yeah I, I don't know
0: the exciting time. part about it is like one of my things that I've never really liked about Critical Role is I love Matt Mercer's writing I love all the actors on there but basically that world is like what if Forgotten Realms was written well right like he used all of the same stuff that was from D&D to, and but gave better reasons for it basically it's a better written world right like dragonsborn have a better history there than they do elsewhere right stuff like that I want to see them just start from scratch right like do make their own system their own way because that's always what I've wanted anyways I'm like I want a more original world from him because I love his writing. I could see some of these people with bigger names even though they have d d such attached to them um, I could see them making a really cool thing because they have the money to do it, right? Like, if, if Critical Role made their own new system, I think it would be the best-selling one, right? A hundred
1: percent. And Definitely. the
0: same thing with, like, yeah. one of the things I was excited for with uh, Worlds Beyond Number, which I don't think is going to happen, much smaller team, right? They don't have that kind of money, you know? It's just for independent mm-hmm. creators. I would love if they made their own system because mm-hmm. I love their sensibilities behind all of it um so i'd be excited if something like that happened again like we mentioned it's all conjecture um but moving on to our final thing before we go is what games can you recommend to people uh to play instead of D &D, if that's what you're looking for um, I know this is going to be hard because you two mostly play d and <laughs> I was going to
1: say, this is a scary section. Um. <laughs> but I would
0: love to hear about the ones that you're curious about, too. Like, if, like, you know, what is, what are the things that pop in your head where you're like, well, if I don't play D&D, this is the one I'm going to try to check out. Um, that's fine, too. This doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all recommendation. It's just like, what are you interested in checking out, then? Yeah. Shar, um, let's start with you. You know what? No, you shush. Let's start with no. I was going to say,
1: start with Lissa, because I also have one last thing I want to say that's not this as well. So end with me. So you two go first. And we okay,
0: sounds this. like a plan.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Um, well, I mean, previous to all of this happening, my first thing <laughs> that I wanted to try was going to be Pathfinder. Um, but... Seeing as Pathfinder... I mean, that just makes me want to try Pathfinder even more. Um, Yeah. Pathfinder's
0: not going to go away. Paisal's going to put out like a 2.5 or a third edition that is their own thing. That is just close to Pathfinder 2e.
2: Yeah, so I still want to try Pathfinder. I really, really, really want to play Vampire the Masquerade. Oh. Um, because the what did I call myself Gothic slut?
0: Yeah, um, it's uh, Gothic horror. No,
2: Gothic horror because it's like horror but horror.
0: You're a, horror. you're a slut for Gothic horror. You're a Gothic horror horror. I don't know. Yeah,
2: Gothic horror. You gothic know, ho. me. Because of <laughs> me, I need to play Vampire the Masquerade.
0: That's really interesting. That's one that's just so like sensual that i've never really dove into like that entire idea of that world just makes my little <laughs> vanilla uh um ass just like pucker a little bit like i just can't um, I
2: make terry blush that's how
1: definitely you, know. you definitely
0: do and like it's not like I'm, I'm not i'm not without i'm blue just as often right but it's just because yeah. i think uh at least as a kid it was such the oh that's the game for people that fuck and like i I, like you know i just never really got into and i have played it and it is cool and i've played the the werewolf uh part of that that apocalypse world i I also want to play that as well yeah i'm trying to remember the name of that one um but it is it is neat and i would definitely be interested in checking that one out as well i wasn't expecting that one so that's kind of exciting um that one is you have a lot of options because people fucking love that game yeah. So that that's a good one. Um I like that it adds a flavor. Any other ones that you want to check out?
2: I do want to play more of Call of Cthulhu cuz I got like um like a taster session uh-huh. with one of our friends, um Megan, and I apparently so I don't I really don't like horror when it's like and I discussed this with my uh, best friend recently. I really don't like like watching horror movies because it's shown to me. But then when it's in the form of, like, me playing the TTRPG and it's described to me, it's not as scary. Sure. But it's still, like, really intriguing. So, like... Um like making it, seeing it in my mind's eye when I like imagine it yeah. is way different than it being like shown to me cuz I can't deal with it being shown to me. <laughs> I
0: you have know? a lot of friends but... that that's the reason why they play like uh like Lovecraft games like Call of Cthulhu and shit with me and a couple other horror games because they can't watch scary things but they love the scary yeah. aesthetic so they check out that and Vampire the Masquerade same thing, right?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I I would love to play more of Call of Cthulhu um and try to Get more into, because we only played one session, so, like, get more into, like, a a number of sessions and see how, like, the leveling up goes and how that all works.
0: Leveling up in Call of Cthulhu is so cool because, so, if you do something well, you put a little check mark on it, and it's okay, you pass that success, but then you roll to see how much you level up.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, I heard that, like, if you use skills, you can, like, level up those skills, and I, thought, oh, yeah. Yeah. and I thought that was super interesting, and that's also a reason why I really want to try that.
0: Yeah, and it encourages you to use the things that you want to get better at, and I just, I, I've always really, really dug that part of the system. Uh, yeah. But that's, those are two really cool ones. Uh, one more from you. What about um, the Lord of the Rings one, the One Ring? I know you were excited to check that out.
2: Obviously, the One Ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was just in a subtext. Did you not get that? <laughs> Obviously, the One Ring. I I went to the over the Christmas break. I went into like a, a shop, a comic book shop, and I was looking at it. I'm like, can I justify with my yes. um, dude? I bought to- it for you. I
0: sent it to you.
2: Yeah, I know, but I was looking at the box set, Terry. It's a really pretty box set. Like, it's like a physical box set. I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, look at this design. Like, you know, like the urge to like slap money on the table when you see something mm-hmm. pretty as a graphic designer is very strong.
0: Dude, no, I can't judge you. I did the same thing. So for Christmas, I got the Transformers RPG and um, the new Adventure for the Power Rangers RPG. Um And yeah. when I was at the store the other day, like I was like, I saw all these games that I own digitally. Like I own the P I buy PDFs on the show all the fucking time. And yeah. I had a couple in my hand, and my buddy John was like, "Don't you own all those?" I'm like, "Yeah, but not like in hardcover, like, not for, <laughs> not for the me to hold on to. The
2: like, physical what... copy is different.
0: Yeah, what would I, what would I cuddle with when my wife's out of town, like, <laughs> if not for my Power Rangers, you know, RPG book.
1: It's like when you see a special edition of like your favorite book. And uh, you're like, oh, yeah, I only own like three copies. Yes, but this one has like metallic sheen on the pages." <laughs>
0: you know how many comic books i own like the individual serialized issue along with like the collected edition of like the paperback and then like they come out with the hardcover or the compendium that's like all of them together i own all of those like so many times like i'm looking at myself right now i own all of paper girls in its single run and then all paper girls in its trade paperback and i had the compendium that i got for christmas uh so like it just it it's a problem I think. <laughs> uh but I guess onto my recommendations it's hard cuz I fucking play everything. Um the cool thing about RPG space is there's a game for whatever you want. So, you know, if you want Cyberpunk, you can go do Netrunner or Cyberpunk Red or a million other things. If you want mecha, you can go play Lancer. It's a really good system. If you just want generic stuff, you have Gurps, Cortex, Genesis, there's games for star wars there's a lot of really cool shit but what i was thinking was more like if you want to get away from D and you want to try other fantasy games um so the big one obviously like we talked about how paizo is gonna have to change but you can still go play paizo if you want to get away from Wizard of the coast so pathfinder 2e um is a really easy recommendation um it's really good and it is not dissimilar to 5e like if you picked up pathfinder 2e you would not be confused by the words they use or like how to play honestly you could pick it up and play right now there's little intricacies there's a few changes to things like initiative and like how to take your turn in combat because you have a certain number of actions rather than you can move and attack but other than those few little things like you'd be able to pick up pathfinder and go play today if you wanted to so that's Mm -hmm. that's a big one that i recommend plus a lot of my friends talk about it similar to like what i talked about with matt mercer's writing pathfinder's world also just wasn't written 50 years ago so there's a lot of stuff in their lore that's just updated and cool it's like a cooler version of forgotten realms so there's that if you just want like a really similar flavor um you can definitely check out pathfinder second edition another one would be uh merc board because it's the best rpg ever um um it's definitely it's definitely easier than D in my opinion when it comes to playing it's deadlier though like you can die it's a lot like playing like a pick up and play like diablo type um video game where it's like oh you might not play that same character for 20 years um it's like which character are you going to bring on this adventure is more like how i play mark borg and then they have their cyborg which is their cyberpunk version of it similar rules but amazing artwork. That's one I definitely recommend buying hard copy if you can. Uh I own both and it is really cool. Um but it's really deadly. So there's that. Um the One Ring, like we talked about here, if you want to play D&D but it's in the Lord of the Rings world which inspired D&D, um it's there and if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, it's got everything you'd want. And if you're not a fan of the Lord of the Rings, well, Middle Earth's a big place, and you can kind of play it like how you would play D D and just kind of roam around and learn about it. The system itself's really easy to pick up and play. It's not too complicated. You can make a character in under an hour, which I always like in a game. Oh hell yeah. Some of those it's <laughs> like you can't like if you do any sort of like point by system games, anything mm-hmm. where you play as a superhero, usually they can take fucking forever to do. A lot of those uh uh like generic games I mentioned to you guys like Cortex and shit, it takes a long time to build a guy. But if you're picking mm-hmm. up the One Ring, you can do it pretty fast. Um, and then one that people might not expect is the Witcher RPG. Um, that one I recommend because it's reskinable pretty easy if you wanted to. Like, you don't have to necessarily play in the witcher universe but it has a lot of the shit that people love about D and people love the witcher so if you're looking for something a little bit more established you don't want to write your own world you could totally do that in the witcher rpg and it's uh pretty easy to play like it's not too complicated there's lots of other ones that's by no means uh, end all be all those aren't even my favorite ones to play necessarily but that was what i thought people could go and find regularly like you can find that in almost any shop you walk into and you could pick it up play it and understand. Understand it
1: nice
0: um shard a yeah. what's your shit and then what's your other shit
1: okay so the first shit is the games that i would like to play because lissa stole my fucking answers <laughs> <laughs> we're um, the same you're person. so my my top two 100 percent were also pathfinder because i understand that it's pretty similar to D 5e and could be easier to pick up has a similar vibe and stuff my other one that wasn't the same vibe was Vampire the <laughs> <laughs> Because not only because of what Lissa said, but also because I just finished listening to um, our friend, our friends Megan and Deanna's podcast, That's So Ravenloft, and they just did an episode on Vampire the Masquerade with a guest. And I just learned a bunch about it and, and like about the lore and like everything. And I'm just like, well, that just sounds way more interesting than i thought it already was so now i do 100 percent want to play vampire the masquerade uh so thanks megan and deanna for that so and do you guys want to
0: play or do you want to run it
1: i don't i i never feel comfortable running a game if i've never played it <laughs> but so then again how do you play it when
0: <laughs> exactly yeah so i want you two to think know. about that because if you want to play it i say let's do a one shot um, let's get it started. I will play or run. So whichever you two decide, I will do it. Let's learn Vampire the Masquerade. I'll make do it happen.
2: It.
1: Let's make it happen. Let's make horny vampires. Woo. Yeah. We'll have to I, play I it
0: online, obviously, last... but...
1: obviously. Obviously. Actually, we're going to fly over to the UK. to play.
0: No, yeah. um, no. You need
2: to come over here. Yeah. No, yeah.
0: Lissa, this you place is so safe. Don't you want to come here?
1: <laughs> she was just here and she hated it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. You gotta make at least one joke about it uh, every episode. That's true.
1: Um, I do have one other game that I want to play that wasn't mentioned. I am a huge Dragon Age slut, and I love Dragon, Dragon Age. Dragon Age and Witcher oh, use the
0: same system.
1: Oh, yeah. I want to play the Dragon Age RPG. That's the reason? Yes! Yeah. Let's do I it! Play- I love... Dragon Age is probably my favorite, like, Thedas is my favorite fantasy world of all time. Like, through books, through video games, anything. I love Thedas. I want to play in it. I take a lot of inspiration from Dragon Age in my own campaign. So, I would 100% like, love to sit down at the table. And- I've
0: never played the the Dragon Age version, but that's how I got into actual plays back in the day when, uh, um... Oh wait, yeah, no, Will yeah, show well, Will, did Will Wheaton
1: it. did it. Yeah, that's how I knew it was a tabletop game. I had no idea because I was watching all his tabletop stuff, and him and I think Sam Witwer were in
0: yes, it. Yes, um, and somebody
1: else. Pro- probably
0: chris hardwick from back in the day probably um,
1: before you know a
0: piece of shit happened. maybe i don't know yeah, uh the details there yeah probably uh, i feel like he was, uh, he
1: was a piece of shit then and he's a piece of shit now <laughs> <laughs> um
0: that. but yeah like um definitely definitely would uh do that too if you wanted to but that's again if that system is really good they did a generic version mm-hmm. of it too um but that system is really cool and really easy to pick up and play so uh, that would not be out of the realm of possibility. And I also love the Dragon Age uh, world. Dragon Age Origins is one of my favorite RPGs ever.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah, they are all great. 100 out of 10, always recommend. Let's
0: do a really drives. meandering chapter where we have to go into the Fade, and uh, you just kind of want it to be that. done. <laughs>
1: <Don't> uh, but <laughs> you keep getting
0: lost and being turned into demons, and combat's no longer fun. At least...
1: Listen, at least like in Inquisition, you don't have to do that. <laughs> no,
0: you never do I, shit like that in Inquisition. Inquisition's great.
2: I yeah. know the word the fade, and I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you
1: played Origins!
2: I was, I was say when you were in the fade! <laughs> if you would listen to me, I said, I know the word, and I know what you're yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, woman.
0: Oh, man. So those are your games. What is the other thing you wanted to add? The
1: other thing I was just going to say, because I forgot that I mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to come back around to it, is... Come back around. Come back around. With the OGL, my last thing to say about it is that it's being picked up by the mainstream kind of media now. Philly D D was talking
0: about it. Philly D mainstream?
1: led philip defranco is talking about it he's mainstream on youtube sure. so if you watch it if you're familiar with youtubers or just youtube you know who philip defranco is he does the news he's done it forever he is talking about it he's also interviewed matt mercer and uh, marisha ray and marisha ray i think is one of his models now for yeah his, his i caught of me off guard for, for the that. beautiful
0: basketball. <laughs> <master laughs> i was like that marisha ray like
1: <laughs> yeah it's awesome so like he was talking about it and i'm just like whoa and then on twitter um legal eagle responded to matt coville and they also tweeted out either this morning or yesterday that they are working on an episode they confirmed that they are working i'm on so an excited i fucking love about, legal Eagle. i love legal Eagle, also a youtube channel and when i say mainstream, that's what i mean <laughs> is youtube not like cbs or like a bbc um, I haven't seen any reports from them, but they might actually pick it up because Legal Eagle and Philip DeFranco are very respected sources on their platform. Yeah. So I'm really excited and interested, especially to see Legal Eagle's take on it because he is a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's a <laughs> the guy is a lawyer, so he's going to explain any legalese that maybe we didn't cover and that I personally don't understand. Yes. So I'm just keep your, we're obviously not done hearing about this. And I'm ex- I'm excited to see a perspective that's not in our community. So I was interested when I watched Philip DeFranco's show is already out. It's from last Friday. Yep. Um. So you could very easily find it. it the thumbnail has Matt Mercer on it. Hard to miss. <laughs> and uh, Legal Eagles video hasn't come out yet. But watch the Philip DeFranco coverage because it's just he's not in the D TTRPG community and he covers it very unbiased he just you know this is the facts this is what it means Um, and Legal Eagle has reached out to Matt Coville I'm assuming to like help explain the community perspective and I'm very curious to see other people's perspectives on it that aren't so close like we are so keep I was just going to say to the audience you know just keep your eyes peeled for other opinions that also aren't in the TTRPG community because they are coming and I'm really interested to see what other people say, and then if their audience is also going to put pressure on Hasbro, because a lot of people f- who watch Legal Legal and Philip DeFranco are mostly like more liberally minded. So even if they're not like super into D and D and what that means for the rights people creating, they fucking hate capitalism. Mm-hmm. So they might give more mainstream pressure to Wizards and to Hasbro so keep your eyes peeled for that because that is happening and that is what i found most fascinating like while things were unfolding is like how it reached other platforms that aren't in the ttrpg space which is where i think the real you're going to see the real push for for change and the yeah because we're the hardcore right like they're not
0: it, like yeah, exactly. you have people like me who already play other games right i already don't yeah. give all of my money to dungeons and dragons but then there's mm-hmm. people outside of it who are like oh if i'm going to get into TTRPGs, i should probably play dungeons and dragons right and they're the people yeah. that are finally going to see some of that coverage elsewhere
2: exactly i, I also have something yeah uh, that i wanted to plug uh, so there is um a website that you can go to if the way that Dungeons & Wizard of the Coast and Dungeons and & Dragons is going is not something that you would like to see. They are collecting signatures on the internet. Uh, if you go to the website opendnd.games, I can read you. So this is to do with the hashtag open D&D. So oh, hashtag open D&D is a rallying cry under which creators and fans have unified to demand that Wizards of the Coast revoked the draconian 1.1 OGL open gaming license and pledged to support the existing 1.0 open gaming license into future editions of their games. This isn't an opportunity to litigate and tinker with a new license, but to return to the values of open gaming. Our community deserves an open future if we want our favorite games to not only survive, but thrive. If you are a creator, hashtag don't sign the new agreement. If you love role-playing games, let Wiz- Wizards of the Coast know. We won't support them without an open D&D. And, and
0: I think there's y- a lot of, like, naysayers with when it comes to, like, uh, like signatures like this. Like, well, oh, it's not going to change the thing. No, but it, like, it lets them know that people care. Yeah.
2: But if you feel like you need to do something and you absolutely want to get your voice heard, there are 54,710 other signatures on this website, which was opendnd.games. And if you go on there, you can sign their open letter, which they will, I assume, send to Wizard of the Coast to try and appeal to what is happening.
0: Which so coast do you think they're the wizards of?
2: I don't know. I've only been to one coast, so um, I really can't say. I've only been to the East Coast. Of, of the U.S.? The
0: coast. Like, Europe has coasts.
2: <laughs> I've also been to New York. Sure. Okay, that's better.
0: But Europe has coasts. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Europe does. I've been to the east and the west. Okay,
0: you're like world. I've only been to one coast. I was like, I don't think that. I mean, true. you can't
2: really go to the east coast of Europe because Europe is not an island, and there's no east coast of Europe. So the east coast of Europe is also the east coast of Asia.
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> but but the U.S. also isn't an island; it's a continent.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the no, continent well, has the U.S. isn't, coast.
0: but America, <laughs> North America, coast. sure. But so so does the continent that you lived on.
1: Europe doesn't have a, a <laughs> Europe has a west coast. It doesn't have an east coast.
2: Yeah, doesn't have an east right,
0: coast. Right, right. But but what I'm saying is like you've still been to the co- like.
2: You have been to a coast. You have
0: been Europe. to a coast in Europe. Yes,
2: yeah, but, but, but we'll if you're if you're asking wizards like of the. Co- Wiz- yeah wizards of the coast is in america no no so no like- i
0: i understand why you picked it What i'm saying when you're like i haven't been to i've only been to the one coast i was like that is not accurate
1: <laughs> well true but also what like west coast versus east coast is a very american idea exa- 100 percent listen exactly if we break say? it down
0: it's a silly thing to make fun of lissa for but that's what i'm here for
2: making fun of lissa make fun things. of me for silly things yeah yes exactly
0: no. <laughs> That's honestly the only reason why I woke up this morning. I was like, "Oh, this is jet lag. Let's
2: fuck with oh, it." Oh, great! We Hell can yeah! Make fun of Melissa. Let's do this. I'm yeah. so pumped for anyway. it. OGL, uh, we don't even need it. Let's yeah, fuck it. Right. Fuck it. Make fun of Melissa, day.
0: So I made a list of the games that you guys want to play. We're gonna talk about doing some one shots off the <laughs> mic. This isn't for you, um, but we're gonna make it Aww. happen. Um, the people can find us at Cave Trolls on Twitter. So for as long as Twitter's still going, I'm at um, Stevel on there. You can find all of my run, writing under T.S. Luther. I got lots of comics and shit coming out. Shardé, where can the people find you online?
1: I am the best host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast where we talk about the – I mean the – problematic past of DD. <laughs> yeah, now, future <laughs> i mean we we've, we have been going pretty hard into fifth edition recently with some of their lore stuff so i mean we also talk about we talk about every iteration of dungeons and dragons and how problematic and it is and how we can do better and then i also run the slovenly trolls twitter while twitter is still alive at slovenly trolls <laughs>
0: and then the other half of the Slavenly trolls Lisa, where can people find you other than the Slavenly trolls podcast
2: they can find me uh handling the twitter of the um what, what do we call the show Cape trolls <laughs> 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 oh my fucking god I'm, I'm just i'm just reading that neil gaiman has apparently uh responded to the what? story no um, way
0: this is breaking news out. what what do you say
2: I, I, I'm I trying to find out that's oh but, but yes um, yeah that's why I was distracted um, yes the Cape Charles Twitter I run the sloppily trolls Instagram and I hang out in London that's where you can find me
0: perfect cool. perfect um also if you want to email us you can email us at campy at gmail.com uh i answer most of those because that's my basically my my business email um <laughs> so go ahead if you want to contact us for business things do that and if you want to support all of us you can head over to patreon.com slash be killed creations uh drop a buck or two you get early episodes bonus episodes lots of cool stuff over there including sharday's uh, what was the last lower rewrite you did?
1: The one in December was oral, and then we just announced the one for February, and that's going to be Shara's but they are going to have different names
0: now. Yeah, they are. We're gonna, and we're gonna, it's a good thing we didn't put up our stuff on drive-thru yet, but we're going to exactly. remove the OGL and change some stuff in our older ones. So look out for those changes.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be available to the public eventually, but if you want to read them as they are now, they're on Patreon.
0: Yeah, so you can go ahead and subscribe oh. over there. Um, and you mentioned that it's coming out in February. Is that the sad news that we're not getting one in January?
1: Oh, it is January. Sorry, I have my months mixed up because we still have to do Slovenly troll stuff. So yes, no, we are. It is in January. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I was sorry. like, I, I missed
0: something, but I want to call no, it no, out. No, just I'm in case. sorry, I'm
1: sorry. It's because I was so ahead on the other rewrites before as well, so I have my dates mixed up. It is coming in. I'm writing it. it the first draft's almost done.
0: Hell yeah. Um, um, I, a, I've drawn some things, but nothing crazy yet. So I was like, there's still time if there was something changing. There's still
1: yeah, no, there's still time. <laughs> okay, okay,
0: <Okey-dokey. laughs> <just> okay. So
1: sorry. <laughs>
0: um uh we have the we have a notice from neil gaiman on tumblr it says good oh. riddance to the open gaming license is what i found on here published yesterday
2: tumblr. wow
0: um wheaton. That's,
2: that's will pretty... wheaton also responded on uh what will wheaton say will, while i read I Neil
1: was posted on twitter i didn't read it yet though uh did they say anything that we haven't already heard or did they just repost it? Cause I know Twitter is all about like reblogging and reposting.
0: Uh, it just, if this is actually, okay. So, so it looks like this actually is coming from Neil Gaiman and they have Will Wheaton's quote down at the bottom too. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, basically it's just like, this is your moment to, um, collaborate with other people and that uh make new stuff basically I, it's too much to quote there's a lot of stuff There's like three pages <laughs> yeah it.
1: yeah 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 go check it out just go yeah Tumblr. <laughs> exactly
0: but uh but yeah that's basically it it's like no this is a good thing go work together with not with uh wizards basically
1: hell yeah
0: specifically i think he calls out hasbro here but
1: rightfully so i mean who
2: doesn't <laughs> we, all know.
1: we all know who's calling the shots listen it's the Cogs from Tune yeah, Town. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> exactly the great people
1: <laughs> the great people I'll show you pictures after we're done recording Lisa.
0: and it looks it. like when you are saying the reblog it might have been that uh, Neil Gaiman reblogged Will Wheaton is really what oh, okay. happened here. Okay. So not so much Will Wheat or not so much Neil Gaiman saying this stuff as much as just here. Read Will Wheaton's post. He said the stuff I'm thinking. I
1: agree with Will Wheaton by mm-hmm. reblogging this, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. A lot of
0: qual- quoting of Walsh's write-up from IO9, which we'll link there too. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll throw I'll throw some of these celebrities talking about it because it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you can find that all in the links in the description and all the other stuff we mentioned. Um so yeah go do that go play some other games uh we have been the cave trails and we're out and the recording is done okay now comes that special time of the podcast where we get to thank our patreon producers you keep the lights on you keep the mics rolling and really you make it possible to do all of this we want to give a special shout out thank you to the lorax who gets two special shout outs because i also thank you for speaking for the trees we also have jeremy raymond raymond thank you trellbot the highlander thank you so much for being our first one and only and then now in a group of four but still thank you for being a patreon producer and finally kim winston thank you so much for being our patreon producers we appreciate you and we owe everything we do to people like you um i was trying to sound like the pbs thing you know paid for by viewers like you I don't think I can quite pull it off. I haven't been watching enough Sesame Street lately, so that's what I'm gonna go work on now.